0: Listen to our fans because it can affect ultimately how we're perceiving what we're writing, how stories come together, how our talent um, are perceived, and how we write them. There's a completely different dynamic in what sports entertainment does.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, a cusp show where we talk about the business of sports, media, disruption, storytelling, all different kinds of things. I'm Joe Favorito, again flying solo at the Sloan Analytics Conference twenty twenty two. Although I do have Tom Cerny with us, of course, and LZ Holmgren, and Scott Rosner will probably be parachuting in for a couple of these mini-podcasts as we kind of go along. Uh, But it's been another great day of learning here on the first Friday in March, back in person. And today, we're going to talk to Liz Mata, VP of Insights and Analytics at the WWE in beautiful Stamford, Connecticut, right off hard hard off I-95. Correct. So, Liz, welcome to The Cusp Show.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Cool. How'd you get to WWE?
0: Oh, that was an interesting path. So, I started... I'm going to bring you back a little bit, I promise it'll be quick. It won't go
1: back that far, trust not me. Not that so. far.
0: Uh, so I majored in sociology in college because you're, you're doing a head shake already.
1: It is amazing. Tom, everybody we've talked to has no conventional path.
0: Yep, not great, at all. Which is great. Um, a little,
1: sorry. Yeah, there you go. Yeah.
0: Oh, I'm get you now. now.
1: Yeah. So uh, Where did you go to school?
0: University of New Hampshire. Okay. Uh, I'm wow, cats. from Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Okay, cats, let's go. I never watched a minute of hockey until I went to school there. There you go. Nothing else to do up there. Um majored in sociology because the classes were most interesting. I didn't go into college with a plan. I just said, you know what, I'm really enjoying these classes. And then you inevitably head heavy up on stats classes Mm -hmm. and an array of them. And, you know, on paper in high school I would have been the last person to head to a stats class or heavy up in any kind of math in any capacity. But, you know, the power of the sociology degree is the massive amount of reading and processing in the writing, but then it also does pair with really pretty applicable, applicable math. But like most of my millennial peers, I graduated a semester early in December, 2007, which I was very lucky um, because I missed that 08 crash job. Mm -hmm. time, sheer dumb luck. Um, But like many of my peers, I I graduated college with a hilarious amount of student debt. Mm. So I went out of college and I said, wow, I owe a lot of people a lot of money um, who, who's going to pay me? I didn't, I didn't go, here's what I want to do. And here's my first step. And maybe the second one, I went, who is going to pay me any amount of money Mm -hmm. so I can start getting out of this debt.
1: Very responsible. I I mean,
0: the amount of debt that the the kids were looking at was so horrendous that it it was survival mode more than it was anything else. And even for
1: a state school like UNH that surprises me a little bit, but not really that much. Yeah.
0: Completely insane. And then you know people who are middle of the road, very much like my family. It was, you know, you didn't qualify for any of the stuff that you needed that could actually cut into the yeah. so it ends up being ridiculous at the end of the day. Um, but I was extremely fortunate in that I uh found a job at Horizon Media in New York wow. City, largest independent yep. media planning and buying agency. Um, so was
1: Michael Newman somewhere circling around? You know something?
0: what? So, he was, and wow. he's always been super impressive. Scout's super yep. impressive. It yep. was an amazing, that was one of the earliest things Horizon did. Mm-hmm. And Horizon is so known mm-hmm. for all of these small startup core things yep. that they are doing now. So it was amazing to see that happening from the very beginning with Michael Newman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went in for traditional media planning and buying, which I had no experience in. But they said, you know what? Come on in. Your grades <laughs> looked good. The looked sociology good.
1: degree shines for you to do this. Oh, so. yes. It cool. was
0: completely wild. How did
1: you sell yourself to get it?
0: the job yeah um I talked very much the way I'm talking to you right now I've never really had a communication problem my (laughs) parents tell me that I talked like this to adults at like five that's cool um so you know when people are like hey how did you get to where you got I go I don't know it's this intangible thing where Mm -hmm. I have no problem talking to anybody about anything and that pays dividends (laughs) when you're coming out of college your degree does not even come close to -to one-to-one covering what you're applying for um and I, th- I truly think the graduating early thing helped a lot. They were looking for entry-level folks. There weren't a ton out of college. Um, and the fact that I got out early was kind of a, another bonus endorsement for me. So
1: so you get to Horizon and what do you do?
0: I go into media planning and buying and zero offense to Horizon. This is a me problem. I got bored almost instantly mm. um, because at the time there wasn't really social digital. There right. were like 10 digital people downstairs and they were the youths mm-hmm. type situation like this again this is early 08 um so i went down i complete twist of fate a longtime family friend taylor valentine who is still mm-hmm. at horizon um we passed each other in the hallway and i had no, what are the odds of that the joy
1: of showing up that's the beauty of this
0: the mm. odds are astronomical i can't even mm. begin to work that out uh, we passed each other in the hallway and i'm like oh my god <laughs> i didn't even know he was there mm. um and he was working in organic social at the time mm. so i said hey man i would love to learn more about what's going on if you need any help if you just need a body or somebody to go look something up i'm one of the kids i know it bring me downstairs and I said done so I did a mini, I'm throwing air quotes, uh, mm-hmm. I did a mini internship and then, I mean, within a month or two, they started doing paid slash organic social. So I just went right into that. Um, and then from there, it, it was pretty quickly going into paid social, ramping up, Facebook ad spend, um, blogger outreach, all of that was fun and exciting. But then, you know, it was Taylor and a couple of the other leads at Horizon who were like, and we shouldn't really be listening to what people are saying on about all this out there and not just be on the blogs. I mean, like there are tools like Radiant six
1: mm-hmm.
0: where, you know, you can start listening to what people are saying on Twitter. And they, I remember it was in a room full of folks on that social team at the time. And they were like, yeah, we're thinking of hiring somebody pretty senior and starting up a practice. And in the room, I, 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 it was one of those lightning bolt moments where I didn't even stop to think I just raised my hand. I was like, you want me to do that? That's great. And it's probably because it's Taylor and it was a family mm-hmm. friend and I had a different dynamic with him that he wasn't shooting myself in the foot right out of the gate. You know, I had a separate conversation with him and he was like, I think we're trying to go for someone more senior. And I just, again, it flirted. I was like, no one's going to work any harder. And I get the space out of the gate. So, that's a shame. Is, you
1: have no self-confidence. I know. Me,
0: very I'm good. very so down. It's really on slowed my, you down I, in your I, career. So. And you know what the biggest trick there is I just got it in my own way and let it happen. Mm. Like, I think people don't trust their gut enough. Yeah. And that was one of those moments where it was screaming to the point where I almost didn't have to pay attention to my gut saying, this is where you should go. It just fell into that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, call back to, I have a sociology degree, listening to gigantic social conversations yep. and modeling that out and figuring out that almost, you know, weird way, starting going back to all the things I really enjoyed. So it was a natural flow from there. We started something called the distillery. Um, you know, we got to charge clients for reporting, which media agencies love because mm. it's clean, you know, cut gross net. Like it was, it was a really great thing. We made hundreds of thousands of dollars clean in the first few years of doing it. Um, and then I, I live in Connecticut. So anybody who's commuted to downtown Manhattan, I was doing 25 hours a week of commuting, yeah. and I just said, I I love this place, but I can't do this anymore. And it was, you know, obviously pre-pandemic, so working from home was much less of an option mm-hmm. back then. So I just I was having a bad train ride commute home, and I went on LinkedIn and I was like, I want to look in Connecticut for jobs that are social media metrics, social and data analysis, and social intelligence and conversation modeling and right up at the top of wwe linkedin post came up and that was another one of those moments where it was like it makes sense i've train driven by there gotten, all the time if the right. train hadn't gotten jammed up that day i yeah. wouldn't have gone and looked at linkedin wouldn't have found that and then gone from there quick transition to wwe
1: mm-hmm.
0: did a lot of the same thing i started a lot of the practice there for the listening and the conversation and then this is kind of the last momentum tip into where I am right now. I did that for a long time. There was no data analytics practice at WWE back then. So
1: when was that? What year around? 2013-ish. Okay. Wow.
0: Um, was w- had-,
1: had Michelle launched WWE Network at that point? So
0: that's the tipping point. Okay. We had not. That was 2014. So okay. 2013 was we had hundreds of millions of social media followers So, and WWE is phenomenal at that. I mean, it's just a huge version of the house, right? Mm -hmm. So it's natural to what WWE does. Mm -hmm. Um, So we were just getting our heads wrapped around those numbers, the followers, the performance metrics that were available at the time, and modeling social media conversation. We're very unique from sports in that, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we are live 52 weeks a year, multiple nights a week. Um, and we listen to our fans because it can affect ultimately how we're perceiving what we're writing, how stories come together, how our talent um, are perceived and how we write them. There's a completely different dynamic in what sports entertainment does. So I did that. And then we started WWE Network mm-hmm. and all of a sudden we were throwing off an unbelievable amount of first party data and, you know, very intelligently, Michelle Wilson and everybody at WWE was like, wow, we really got to get a handle on this and start pulling it all together and getting kind of like a 360 view of the fan together because we have tickets. Now we have subscriptions. We have t-shirt buyers. We've got all of this stuff. Let's pull it together. And that's how the data analytics practice started. Wow! Um, So they started bringing in brilliant people data scientists, data modelers, advanced, advanced stuff. And then um, Tandy O'Donoghue, who was sure. on strategy at the time. I worked with
1: Tandy together. Tandy's an so, amazing human yeah. being.
0: Um, she goes, Liz, you got to come over onto my team. You're on my team mm. now. And I said, Tandy, if you're going to ask me to write a line of SQL, you don't want me. I'm going to get a nosebleed. Yeah. And that's the first time I've ever kind of hard and went, mm. e- I, I didn't, I never said I can't do this, but that was my first bulk when someone was like, you got to come over here. And I went, Whoa! This is going in a total. It's what happens direction. when
1: you're older? All of a sudden, yeah. Like, eh, maybe I don't what? want to just do one that time. Exactly. You know,
0: so. Exactly. Tequila doesn't go with this. So. <laughs> so, anyway. It might have at that time. Right. That, that was an interesting week when that all tipped over. Mm. Um, but she, w- you know, she was like, "Guess what? I'm not bringing you over for your SQL skills. If I needed SQL skills from you, mm. we would teach you, or we, you wouldn't be filling that role. Right. We need you to." translated in plain English, keep doing what you're doing, because a lot of the end users are creative writers and superstars, they're not the people who want to look at the complicated models, like your role is different and unique within this group. And that's why we need you here, which I carried that with me through every change that came along with the data science practices that happened. And, you know, now we're living in a world where WWE Network in the U.S. now just runs through Peacock. So we're not throwing off first-party data anymore. And now we've transitioned off into a world where we're doing a lot more, we're focused a lot more on fans in a a different way. So completely non-traditional path, amazing opportunities um, that have gotten me to the point where I'm almost full circle again with a ton more experience, right? Like I'm kind of back to where I was in terms of, I'm still listening to gigantic groups of people, but now I'm so much more dangerous when it comes to other data sets that you can pull together to make it make sense and humanize it. Because you can have all the data in the world, and I'm sure everybody has said this, not in this room necessarily, but 400 times at the conference already, mm-hmm. you can have all the data in the world. You can be a league with every bit of information about how somebody's pitching or shooting or anything like that if you're trying to explain it to coaches or make it land or get people to buy into it, you can't just launch data at them. You have to dumb it. Down. Yeah. yeah, And it's not even, it is, it, it, it can be, because that's how I talk with, the, mm-hmm. the, I hire people who are 10,000 times smarter than I am. And I go, you got to bring it down to my level. Mm-hmm. But in reality, and that's how I talk to them about it to get them to buy into doing it because that's a long-term skill. Mm-hmm. But in reality, no one's dumbing anything down. You're bringing it to the highest possible level of everybody can make the business decision yep. about it. Yep. and everyone is on the same page which is so challenging it's the mm-hmm. it's the most difficult thing i think to overcome to be super good at the day-to-day work but then also go you know you, they've invested dozens of hours into this analysis i need you to come in with the three most important things about it and kill the 75 other things you wanted to call out no matter how brilliant they were like that's mm-hmm. a hugely learned skill set
1: so before we get to our last two questions one more about the wwe what is the fan journey like today versus when you started? Obviously WWE Network had a lot to do with that, but how has it changed from your perspective?
0: I think the growth of digital and social has been the biggest change
1: mm-hmm. from
0: my perspective as someone who's been there for quite a long time. Um, and, and I think WWE was a forerunner on that. Um, we Again, it, it was just naturally endemic to us in terms mm-hmm. of social media is just a giant version of the house if you Mm -hmm. are ever at a live event for wwe the crowd interaction is unreal and they are reacting to every small and major thing that's happening and you can read the room if you're versed enough or if you're a fan Um, social acts exactly like that so the way i don't think it's changed dramatically i think the channels through which we do it have expanded Mm -hmm. um and wwe is the type of brand that's like hey tiktok's out there cool, we're on TikTok immediately, right? And then, and then we go from there. Um, so the fan can just reach us in more places and it's such an emotionally invested and focused conversation with them rather than just you know, launching highlights at folks. We, part of what we do in creating superstars and characters is you wanna believe in them yep. or you wanna hate them um, and we can craft that. It's not just about what they can do in the ring. So social is just and digital have made built so much more of that um, than existed in the past.
1: Cool. So the last two questions we ask everybody is, with everything you look at, how do you stay up to date? where, where are the podcasts you listen to, the places you go to listen, uh, the learnings that you've had, And then um, for people who are transitioning and coming from a sociology degree, you know an interesting transition into how you got to where you are. Um, what's the advice you give people either transitioning or just kind of starting out? So how do you stay smart? And then how do you kind of stay involved and, and, and give advice
0: to people? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Attending conferences like this, first of all, are huge because- Great
1: to show up. Great to mm-hmm. show up, yeah.
0: especially these days. The mm-hmm. fact that I'm sitting so close to you guys and yeah. we're talking face-to-face is so- scary Very new. It's so, no new. It's so exciting. Yeah, so, well. Mm-hmm. Too late. Too late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I- do a lot of calling and talking to people i mean if that's not clear that is one of my core strengths is just connecting with people and having just plain english conversations Mm -hmm. so i am a big fan of you know what i'm going to take this hour instead of having it be the meeting we're just going to go grab coffee lunch something along those lines like it you it cannot be beat and it was possible during COVID; it just had to be over screen which is not as fun but it was still very possible There are other, you know, as a woman in the space, I listen to plenty of podcasts and conversations that are focused on um not just data analytics, but business in general. So Erica Nardini, mm-hmm. CEO of Barstool, she's also on the WWE board. Mm-hmm. Her token CEO podcast is game-changing. I listen to it every single week. And as someone who's younger and female in the space, I mean, if you're easily offended, don't listen to it. She's swearing her head off. Okay. um you can
1: but... drop F-bombs every once in a while.
0: Right, and I mean, it's... Hey. but that's how people communicate and mm-hmm. i feel like anybody could she, the the lack of polish is polish right, right? like it's, it's just authentic.
1: it's who she is
0: exactly right. 100% and then just as it relates to advice i mean all i've done every single time is just raise my hand e- either in a question of being i get i have no problem going i have no idea what you're talking about explain that mm-hmm. to me and i if someone was like how are you pulling that off without sounding like an idiot or uninformed I don't know. I couldn't pinpoint it. All I know is I've just gone, no, that's not my area of expertise. Please teach me about that brand new person in the company that who reports into me. I have no problem with that. That's why you're here. Mm. Um, And then just raising my hand and saying, I mean, I would never say it out loud, but internally I'm like, I have no idea if I can do any of this, but I'll figure it out. Yep me, pick me for that. I want to do that project. Well, I have at least enough confidence to know I know the right people or I can figure it out myself as we go, but just keep raising your hand.
1: Mm-hmm. How, um, just out of curiosity, how long did it take you to pay for student debt?
0: Uh, I just finished it up last
1: year. Congratulations.
0: Thank you. It was mm-hmm. a big day. I had yeah. a drink.
1: Yeah. And you burned the book. I mean, I remember burned the book. I actually, you guys don't have this, but I had a book, like you had a nail like a coupon.
0: Oh, I have um, a Google spreadsheet. Oh,
1: that's good. Well, that I that's have who you are. dozens of
0: rows yeah. of killed, dead, gone, mm-hmm. paid.
1: Cool. Uh, Liz Mata, WWE. Thanks for joining us on the Cusp Show once again. Another great learning experience, hopefully for everybody who's been listening in. Uh, I'm Joe Favorito, Again, pinch hitting solo, although I am sitting here with Tom Cerny and LJ Holmgren. For my co-host, Tom Richardson, you've been listening to the Cusp Show and we'll see you down the road.